Welcome to Golf and the Good Life, your guide to golf travel across the pond. I'm DJ Jones, he's Connor Evers, and today we are going to take an in-depth look at one of the great cities of Europe. But before we get there, Connor, we are we're kind of in the weeds, as they say in the restaurant business, between final preparations for the 2024 season and planning, which is well underway for 2025. How are things up at HMB HQ? DJ, all good. Three words. Time is ticking <laughs> for uh, upcoming travel season and for planning for 2025. Uh, this week specifically, uh, Mirfield has opened for bookings for 2025, which is very exciting. So again, as we've talked about in podcasts in the past, uh, you know, those times are going to go quick. Again, only open Tuesdays and Thursdays each week. So, you know, we had our, our groups send their information in and we're off and running for planning for 25. And the other big part of this is, is Portrush. So the Dunluce course at Royal Portrush will officially open and confirmations will be sent out on Monday, the 4th of March. So that's just also right, right around the corner for a couple of weeks. And uh, our city will open uh, actually a little bit further away from, from that, but kind of on the standpoint of both courses at our city and Portrush that kind of brought up our, our uh, destination today, DJ, and I'll, I'll leave you with that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because especially with those two courses, you know, for the most part, folks are going to be beginning and most likely ending in Dublin. So we thought what better place to, to spend an entire episode than in the capital of Ireland. And, you know, it's funny, Dublin is it's obviously a great destination to visit, and it's one of the most frequented destinations for Americans traveling overseas, but it's a place that, understandably so, golf may not be the first thing you think of when you think of, of Dublin. And yet, as we're going to cover today, there is some outstanding golf near the city. And when you pair that with you know, the history and the culture of the city itself— Dublin is just, it's the definition of golf and the good life. And so it's amazing that we haven't covered it thus far, but here we are now. And, you know, Connor, I'm curious, going back to what you were saying with planning, how does Dublin fit into your mix of things when you're putting, say, a trip together for someone, you know, where does it kind of fit into things when you're ironing things out for an itinerary? Yeah, it's a good question. And it's interesting. It serves a lot of different purposes. You know, we'll have some groups that, hey, maybe it's their first time to Ireland. There, Maybe it's a couples group or even, even all, all gents group or what have you. And they want to be in a city. They want to stay in one hotel for their whole trip. And they want to have, you know, those good life offerings, um, but also want to play some golf. And it's a good area just to go, again, just for about a week-long trip. Um, again, the the <laughs> being able just to stay in one hotel for the for the whole trip is uh is quite different than you know to the southwest where it can be two, two and three different hotel jumps. Um, and again, you have that city feel, which is which is great. I mean, it, it comes in a factor where maybe you do a southwest trip where you just go to Killarney and play, you know, Bally Bunyan, Tralee, Waterville Dooks. And then you transition back to Dublin and uh, get to play some of the golf there and have that city feel. Or as kind of we talked about, like I said, with our city in Portrush, go up to Northern Ireland and play the great courses up there and transition back down. And, and that's kind of to our second point here is it's easy access to Dublin from the United States. Um, there's actually 14 nonstop cities on Aer Lingus just alone uh, into Dublin first just six across all airlines in Scotland. So there's tons of different routings. 
I mean, there was a direct flight from LAX, from Seattle, from Orlando, from, from where you're at, DJ. Uh, Cleveland just started one as well. So there's a lot of different point-to-point flights on Aer Lingus um, into Dublin. And that's not even including your other major U.S. airlines of United and Delta and, and American as well. So there's plenty of opportunities to get there. And a lot of times your arrival and departure is in Dublin. So that's kind of, again, why it's the main factor. Kind of when it more comes to the planning side of things, when it comes to golf, you know, there, there are a lot of restrictions in, in the courses around Dublin, which we'll talk about today. Uh, we'll talk about a little bit more than a list, but kind of the, the major major courses around the area slash the major kind of restrictions. Again, this is kind of the planning standpoint of things is you could do a trip up to, you know, to, to say the Southwest Ireland and, you know, have those those great visitor times at Ballybunion and Tralee and your plan at 10, 11 in the morning, all, all good. But you may transition back to Dublin and, and try to play golf on the weekends. Well, you know, there, there are some courses that are open on the weekends, but a lot of those tee times are 2.30, 3, 4 p.m. So a lot of our groups want to have that nice dinner to end their trip. And a lot of times that afternoon round of golf can lead into that dinner time where it's it's not not what you envisioned. So um, kind of the, the visitor times, we'll go off to more of the specific courses um, restriction-wise is World Dublin. Um, you'll find this a lot of the courses in Dublin courses are not open on Wednesdays. That's their big member day during the week. So Royal Dublin, they do not have visitor times on Wednesdays. And there's also just afternoon golf on Saturdays as well. Um, the Island, which we'll also talk about, um, the weekend play or, or late afternoon, you know, r- really about three, four o'clock. Uh, Port Marnock, uh, this kind of has the most restrictions out of all the courses in, in Dublin. Um, there are no visitor times on Wednesdays nor Saturdays. Saturdays is a new day for no visitor times, but just keep that in mind as well. And then County Lough, no Tuesdays or Sundays. So again, working with a uh, golf tour operator that knows these things will help you guide yourself in the right direction and you know get the courses you want because um, we know this information. And I'll also leave you with this. Again, these are the restrictions for play in 2024. If you're listening to this later on and many years from now, it could be completely different. I'll, I'll put that asterisk on it, but but that's kind of the planning side of things for, for golf uh, when it comes to Dublin. Well, that's all outstanding stuff. And yeah, you know, we try to keep things as evergreen as we can here, but if there's anything that we learned over the last few years, it's that nothing stays the same very long when it comes to travel and the golf travel business. But that's an awesome point about the flights and the, the access to Dublin. I mean, 14 cities on just Aer Lingus alone is huge. And of course, then there's Delta and United and so forth. And those West Coast ones are particularly great because for anywhere else, say in Scotland, let's say, you know, Edinburgh and Glasgow, if you look at those destination maps on the the airline's website, they're all primarily on the East Coast. You might have a Chicago route, but Seattle, San Francisco, Los Angeles, you're kind of stuck making a connection here stateside. And so it just really, you know, makes things a whole lot easier on the front end of the trip, you know, which is, which is huge. Speaking of airlines, so we're going to start with the golf. And generally, when you're flying into Dublin, you're approaching the city from the east side of town. And as you approach, whether you're seated on the left or the right side of the plane, you're going to see both courses that I'm going to talk about. Out the left side of your window in the distance is Royal Dublin. And Royal Dublin is is actually on an island uh, called Bull Island, which 
200 years ago, remarkably, didn't exist. Uh, back in the day, the city had a big silting problem. The harbor would always get uh, you know, full of silt and they'd have to dredge it out. So they built a seawall. And when they built the seawall, all of the sand started collecting and it formed this new island. Well, if you think about a, a, an island that's formed completely of sand, that's like a dream when it comes to golf. And so the, the, the Dublin Golf Club, as it was known then, moved out to Bull Island. Harry Colt eventually showed up and did a redesign and uh, just a, a great Lynx experience. And it's very convenient to town. Uh, obviously, it's it's practically, as you're going to see from your seat on the plane, it's it's right on the kind of on the edge of town and uh, hosted the Irish Open about a half dozen times. Seve won there twice. Would really love to see the tournament get back there. And they've been making some improvements of late to the course, revamping bunkers and so forth. And Hopefully, I don't know if it's with that objective, but would love to see the Irish Open get back to Royal Dublin. Uh, shout out to Jeff Fallon and uh, all of our friends there. Just great in terms of hospitality, as always. Back on the airplane, as you're approaching <laughs> Dublin, if you look out the right side of the plane, I should note that first off, if you look straight down, you're going to see Port Marnock, and Connor's going to cover that in detail. But off in the distance, out the right side of the plane, is the Island Golf Club. Unlike Royal Dublin, the island is not on an island. It is, it's on a peninsula uh, that basically is separated from uh, by the Malahide estuary. And back in the day, you know, the easiest way to get there was by essentially crossing it, the, the inlet by boat, as opposed to going all the way around the estuary. And so, you know, thus the island, I, I believe it actually was an island at some point and eventually kind of formed back together to form this peninsula. But the point is, you know, back for a long time, the members accessed this links by rowboat. There was a guy on the mainland and they would signal him from uh, the clubhouse with this colored disc that was the kind of the sign of, hey, come pick us up. And I, I can't help but wonder how many problems this caused over the, through the years when that was their system, because, you know, guy falls asleep. You got somebody gets stuck on the island. I mean, how many people wound up sleeping in the clubhouse? Like this is the stuff that I want to know about the island. But year after year, it is a favorite stop for our members. And it's primarily because it, it just flies under the radar. It's a place that a lot of people haven't heard of. And yet it's a fantastic stretch of dunes. The course just weaves really naturally. I mean, it, it's just a outstanding Lynx golf experience. And, you know, again, with Royal Dublin and Port Marnock and so forth, it's just amazing that you're getting this great Lynx golf in a major metropolitan area, which is which is huge. But when it comes to the island, I think the, the quote that sort of sums it up came from Bernard Darwin, who was a great golf author and ironically grandson of Charles Darwin. And he said, quote, it's the best course in Ireland that you've never heard of. Play it and tell no one. <laughs> and that's just perfect for the island. Obviously, we can't oblige. We're out here telling everybody we can about how great it is. But, uh, you know, two courses that should not be missed. But yet, Connor, there's still more links golf to be found in Dublin. Yeah, there there definitely is. There definitely is. And and to your playing point, uh, I, I was fortunate enough to play Port Marnock two years ago. Um, and 
essentially, you know, you're in after every single golf shop, you look up and there is a plane landing or taking off right above you. So um, again, all these, all these courses are very, very close to the Dublin airport. Um, but yeah, to Port Marnock, you know, a lot of, a lot of people, you know, kind of the experience and what have you they say it's, it's, it's kind of the mirror feel of Ireland, you know, maybe a hot take, but I would, I would agree with it. I mean, when you, when you pull to the gate, um, you know, it's, it's a gated property. So you actually have to dial in and say your name and where you're playing and stuff. So kind of get those same, same kind of feels of exclusivity, um, if you will, at, at Port Marnock. But I really enjoyed my round. I was fortunate enough to play with um, my, uh, my, my three coworkers from Adair when I worked there. So that was a great Great treat. Um, the other kind of special thing about Port Marnock is they actually have three nine-hole courses there. There's actually an experience we can play all three in one day, so a 27-hole day. Um, but Port Marnock specifically, it's a 19-time host of the Irish Open. And they are actually a big, big club that hosts a lot of events, um, which is great. And it's a you know championship-style facility um, from the practice facilities, the course, the club, what have you. It's a great place to host and as Wakeley said, if you have an international event, it's easy to get to out of the Dublin airport. But um, they are hosting the Women's Am this summer in June, which is fantastic. Um, and kind of one of the, the special holes is the 15th. And it's a great par three. If you look on social media or online and photos of Port Marnock, this picture of this par three always comes, comes up. It's along the beach. Um, ben Crunshaw, after winning the Irish Open at Port Marnock, called it the shortest par five I've ever played. And funny enough, DJ, I made a double bogey on the hole when I played it. So that lives up to that quote. It is so <laughs> hard. I mean, I think we were playing the winter tees. So I, I honestly think I had a pitching wedge and hit a good shot, just left of the green, came way down. And one of those where you try to get cute with the, the chip shot. And, you know, as a lot of caddies tell Americans, do not use your, your high lofted wedge. Just get that putter and get it on the green. If you make bogey, it's great. I, to be frank, I made a really good double <laughs> with the pitching wedge on my first shot. So, um, you know, it, it's a great, great experience. Funny enough, Port Marnock, if anyone's played the ocean course at Kiwa, really reminded me of that. The course is essentially, it, it's, a really, it's a really easy walk. It's actually very, very fair. It's not hilly compared to island like what DJ just talked about. A lot of dunes, it's, it's fairly, fairly um, kind of flat but there's a lot of nuances in the fairway. You can look up, hit a great tee shot, kind of like what we talked about on the Dornick podcast, hit a great tee shot, you know, pick up your tee, start walking and bang, you're in a fairway bunker or you're in the rough or not, not where you intended you were thinking about being. So um, it's, it's a great, great experience. I'd highly recommend everyone going and playing it. Um, you know, the visitor experience is, is really good. And then kind of next up is County Louth. So now we're going outside of the airport, <laughs> the airport area, but uh, we're about an hour, give or take, you know, with traffic or so north of Dublin. Um, so County Louth is, is a really unique place. It's a really unique area. Again, it's a 40, you know, on Google Maps, you look it up, it's about 45 minutes from downtown or, or from the airport, but there's going to be usually some traffic. So give or take about an hour drive. And if you're a group that's staying in Dublin for the whole trip, you can play, you know, County Louth. I've, I've got a group next year that they're, they're doing Dublin in the Southwest, but they're playing County Louth out of Dublin, or you can play it. You land in Dublin, you drive to up North uh, to, to Northern Ireland. You can play it on the way up. It is 
just a few miles east of the M1, which is the main road that takes you directly up to Northern Ireland. So it's easy that way or the opposite. If like we talked about with flying, you fly into Dublin, you go straight up, you know, you play Castle Rock, Port Stewart, the Dunluce at Port Rush, Arglass, you, you get it. Come on the way down. And it's a perfect place to play a transition round between Northern Ireland going down to Dublin. So it serves a lot of purposes from just the location wise, but Enough about the logistics, talk about a little about the course. Tom Simpson designed the original links, was a part of it, and he also had touches on Cruden Bay. And if you know anything about Cruden Bay, you're thinking, wow, County Louth must be nuts then. You know, blind tee shots and uh, bathtub greens, just as Cruden Bay has, but it's the complete opposite of that. Um, it's a very subtle course. Um, the, the front nine is is excellent um, and just kind of like Port Stewart. And a lot of the, the group's feedback as well is the greens are extremely subtle but have a lot of nuances to them. And a lot of groups will say that they are sometimes the best greens that they putted on in all Ireland. So I would say that's kind of the, the key factor there. And from kind of an experience of, of the course itself, um, you know, it did host the Irish Open in the past, and it also serves as a regional qualifying venue and spot for the Open Championship as well. So again, from a logistic standpoint, it's it's great. It serves a lot of purposes, but the course fantastic as well and one you shouldn't miss uh while you're in the republic of ireland and speaking of of the open championship you talked about port marnock and port marnock has recently you know tossed their hat in with the rna to at least investigate the option of, of hosting the open uh obviously probably more to come on that in the future we'll be curious to see which way that ends up going or if maybe Maybe Port Marnock finds its way in as, you know, a host of the senior open or, you know, what have you. But how amazing would that be? An open championship in Dublin. Uh, that's pretty, pretty outstanding. But in County Louth, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, hosting the Irish Open. I think I think that's where Shane Lowry won as an amateur, Correct. which is which is mm -hmm. really cool. Um, so wrapping up the golf in Dublin, there are a few other places that we just couldn't not mention uh number one happens to be the european club uh pat ruddy who's great irish architect did sandy hills links up at uh, rossapena uh he built it basically his personal course at the european club all of it came from from his vision and his hands and so forth you know you show up to the european club you're probably going to meet either mr ruddy or a member of his family uh, which is a just a really unique thing course has 20 holes two extra par threes you, you might play them all and uh, the bunkers are lined with railroad ties, uh, kind of like uh, peat dye and sawgrass and so forth. So just be careful of the ricochet coming mm. coming out of those bunkers. Um, elsewhere, Port Marnock links. So sharing that same peninsula with Port Marnock is the Port Marnock uh, links and hotel. Uh, the course is now known as the Jameson links. Great little links experience there. Uh, kind of shares that same property, but not affiliated with the club, we should point out. And then Dublin also has a couple of nice parkland options. The, the K Club hosted the Ryder Cup, a couple courses there. And then the Carton House, two very nice parkland courses, uh, the Montgomery and the O'Meara, both named after their architects who you can put two and two together who they are. Uh, the Montgomery course uh, was uh, an Irish Open venue as well. So, Connor, there's just, there's a lot of golf near Dublin, but uh, there's even more good life, which is pretty remarkable. Get us started. Tell us about Dublin. 
Yeah, I know Dublin is one of both our, you and I's favorite cities and uh, GB and I, but uh, kind of the, the good life to start off is is kind of the hotels and the lodging offerings. So number one, you know, we, we've got the Marion, the Marion Hotel. Um, it is a fabulous property. Uh, you know, the rooms that they're, they're, they're fantastic, very large rooms, which is, which is great. And some of the rooms are by the, the garden, which I'll talk about as well. And, and some are kind of within the actual original uh, you know, hotel as well. But one of the cool things of the hotel itself is the cellar bar. So the cellar bar is downstairs. We'll book groups in there to enjoy it. And it's a, it's a great spot. Um, they also have amazing afternoon tea offerings in the hotel as well. And then, like I said, the garden rooms. So there's actually kind of a, a lounge hangout area that you can actually look at the gardens and some of the garden rooms have a view of the garden rooms have a view of the garden area as well. So it's just an incredible spot, you know, great to relax and say a lot more of our couples groups um, will we'll stay there just because there's a lot of offerings. They also have a great spa with many different treatment offerings. So why that kind of tends more towards our couples groups, but it's a great location. Your walking distance to restaurants and and pubs just outside the hotel, which is great. Uh, and then kind of right across the street, a few blocks down is the Fitzwilliam. Um, it's a very colorful, vibrant hotel. I don't know why, but it reminds me of the Cosmopolitan Hotel in Las Vegas, kind of the same kind of purpley feel, but the rooms are great. Very, very nice, clean, uh, new, refreshed looking. Um, it, it's a fantastic location as well. And, you know, right around the corner, you know, you've got tons of different restaurants and shopping areas as well, which is, which is great close to the Fitzwilliam. And next up, the the marker. So this is kind of covered in our new discoveries um, information for this year. I would say it's somewhat not due east, but very close to due east of, of central Dublin, where the Marion and the Fitzwilliam are. So it's in the city, but it's also not. Um, you know, it's right next door to the the, the River Liffey. So um, you know, you've got some views of it. They're, they've got a great rooftop bar that is on top of the hotel so it overlooks essentially the city and the river Liffey which is great the best about the marker is it's right next to the M50 which connects to the M1 and will bring you uh, you know closer to the, the the golf you know Port Marnock Island Royal Dublin and then County Louth and, and you know all the way up so if you look online you know Port Marnock they're going to say it's a 15 20 minute drive from town it's a lot longer than that, um, you know, especially if you're being in central central Dublin. Uh, but being at the marker, a little bit more close to the the interstate, you know, it's 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 actually more like 15, 20 minutes. So those are kind of the three three kind of hotel offerings um, that we'll use in the in the city, which are great. Um, and another thing that I would recommend is just get a walking tour when you're when you're in the town of Dublin. I found the older I get, the more I appreciate that. Instead of going online and finding a, you know, a guide or as DJ likes to say, go on Chat GPT and and uh, and, and tell tell you what to do. Getting a local that knows the area, knows the historical factors, you get so much more out of it. Um, so if you're if you're a couple or father son or a bigger group, just get that walking tour, experience the city, learn some more about it, and um, and, and that's that's kind of what I recommend as well. But those are kind of some good life offerings, DJ. What what do you got? Well, a lot. And the first is to absolutely concur with with your suggestion to get a walking tour. I mean, shout out to Amanda and mm -hmm. Mary, a couple of our wonderful guides in Dublin. I was in Dublin uh, with my parents in May, I guess it would have been. And we did a wonderful walking tour with Mary. And I will tell you, at that point, I had been to Dublin, I don't know, six or eight times. 
I learned more in that two or three hour walking tour of the city with her than I had ever learned in six or eight combined visits. The connection that I felt with her and her town just spoke so much uh, to, to, or just added so much, I should say, to the experience. And uh, yeah, the cellar bar, don't miss it. Went there as well. Mm -hmm. uh, fabulous, fabulous spot. But, you know, outside of the hotels, you know, Dublin, you know, in the very beginning of the episode, I, I mentioned, you know, what things come to mind when you think of Dublin, golf not being one of them. Well, the first thing that usually comes to mind has to be pubs and Guinness and so forth. And the, the pub culture in Dublin is obviously unmatched. Uh, the Temple Bar area is kind of the 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 main thoroughfare, I'm going to just say the main tourist drag uh, when it comes to, you know, to pubs and so forth. But my favorites, um, there's kind of, there's actually a um, a literary pub crawl that you can do in Dublin. Um, sometimes it's actually organized. You can actually, you know, go with a guide who takes you to these various pubs or just do it on your own. Uh, but the Davy Burns and the Duke, a uh, couple of places that James Joyce used to hang out, two great pubs, and they're like, right around the corner from each other. So you can kind of hit them both. Of course, the Guinness Storehouse, it's the number one most visited destination or attraction in Ireland year in and year out. It's basically a theme park when, of, of Guinness. It's one of those things, you know, if you've been once, you've been, but if you haven't been, yeah, sure, go ahead and knock it out. You know, the gravity bar upstairs by itself is worth the visit. It's probably going to be jam-packed when you're there, but that's just all the time, but the view uh, from up there is pretty outstanding. I actually just visited the Teeling Distillery and was thoroughly impressed with that tour. You, when you think Irish whiskey, you would assume that Dublin has various distillers and so forth. And the fact is, they actually most of them had left town. Uh, you know, through the years, Teeling has kind of brought it back to the heart of the city. Wonderful tour. Um, and then my last one is going to be the Trinity College Library. It is another very big attraction, mostly because of the Book of Kells, kind of this ancient uh, book that's that's there on display. But the room itself is absolutely stunning. I'm not going to be able to capture it in the scope of a podcast. It's just one of those things you have to go see. But I will point out that they are in the midst of a of an extensive renovation, and they are actually... I was just reading up on this. It was supposed to close at the end of last year. It turns out they're going to close the room at the end of this year, 2024. But when I was there in May, almost all of the books had been removed. So it's a very different experience than it was the previous times I've been where you've got all of these ancient texts that are on these bookshelves. Uh, so as part of the renovation, if you go to the Trinity College, it may not be quite what you would what you see in the pictures online, but it's still... A place that shouldn't be missed. But Connor, we've you know we've kind of checked the boxes that ChatGPT might spit out uh, when you when you ask it what things to see in Dublin. I'm curious, you know, you mentioned your your past trips. What are some of your favorite spots in town? Yeah, so I, I've been fortunate enough to been to Dublin uh, three times. One just kind of passing through very quickly, but the other two are more significant trips. And uh, my first trip would have been 2017, and I went to went to a few places, but the Jameson Distillery was on that trip. And it's a great, great time. I'd recommend it if you're into Jameson. You learn more about, uh, you know, the, the actual whiskey, the history of it. And my, my favorite thing is you actually get to taste 
the the different whiskeys from they, they give you actually jack daniels and you're like hey this is what it compares to you know american whiskey compared to jameson so it's a little cheeky how they how they set up kind of the tour but um it's a great time they've got a great bar in there and there's also a couple of restaurants that are close by as well that are not a part of it but everything is really close on, on bow street there and my kind of other favorite spot would be the harry lemon pub um which literally is I mean, a two, one to two minute walk from the Fitzwilliam. It's right around the corner. And it is just the quintessential Irish pub. They have live music almost every night. Kind of funny story. So we are, my, my dad and I were there in 2022, fall 2022. And, um, you know, it's actually the last night that he was in there. I was staying in Dublin and, and what have you for a little bit longer and then transitioning into Scotland, but he was flying back. Uh, to the states well so we're like yeah let's go up to an irish pub and uh you know he has an early flight so i'm just i'm having a pint and he's having some some beer as well but he's like you know i'm just gonna have a half pint of guinness well the 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 bartender that was working the night she was absolutely hysterical and she when when i asked for a pint all good my dad followed up and asked for a half pint it was like it, it was game on she was just gonna give him crap the whole night and she did and it was just great like why this isn't a proper pint get out of here you know you know stuff like that I'll, I'll keep it pg of what was what was said but it was great and just things you don't get you know back here in the states so harry lemon's great like i said quintessential irish pub live music all the time they've got sports on uh, football soccer for us but football over there and, and what have you so definitely recommend it especially if you're staying at the fitzwilliam i mean it is uh, like again it is right around the corner so those are kind of my favorite spots dj well some great ones and obviously yes i've got a few as well uh john cavanaugh the grave diggers is a pub that's it's slightly removed from town. It's up by the uh, the National Botanic Garden, and it's next door to a cemetery, which is kind of where the name comes from. But it hit my radar because it was a place that Anthony Bourdain visited during one of his mm. trips to Dublin. And so I decided to head up there with my parents on again on that same trip here back in May. And you go in, and they have got a table that says Chef's Table, and it's got a candle, and it's got some pictures of Bourdain, and it's got a note that he left uh, the chef. But what I was most impressed with was the food itself. Absolutely blown away. It's no wonder that he went to this place because you walk in and you think, oh, that's just going to be standard pub fare. Absolutely not. The food was absolutely stellar. So if, you, uh, if you're up near the Botanic Garden or if you're walking around the gardens, it's a great spot to pop in for lunch. The Little Museum is another little favorite spot. It um, has the name you know, kind of tells it's, it is a little museum that's inside this old uh, townhouse that's been renovated and it's wall to wall memorabilia from all kinds of stuff. I mean, Dublin's history, president Kennedy's visits, you know, all sorts of things. And, but you, you go through the townhouse or through the exhibit with what can only be described as a guide slash actor, because they tell you the story of Dublin in this very, theatrical way. I mean, it's, it's a, it might be a little campy at times, but it was just so fun. And they were just so passionate about the story that they were telling. Um, and there's an entire room dedicated to U2, wall-to-wall YouTube memorabilia. So if you're a U2 fan or just love music in general, it's worth the visit just for that. 
And then my last one, of course, I have to work in a mention of Murphy's Ice Cream. If you've listened at all to this podcast, you've probably heard that I'm a, I'm a bit of a sweet fan. Murphy's uh, was founded out in Dingle. There's one in Killarney. Well, there's one in Dublin as well. So I never uh, I never miss it when I'm in town. But Connor, we covered a lot of ground here in this episode. Any uh, any final thoughts or anything we missed before we wrap it up? I don't think so, DJ. I think we hit it all. Um, you know, kind of final thoughts too. I mean, du- like I said, Dublin's a great city. You can have a one-off trip where you just stay there and hang out for a you know full week, or you know put it into factor if you're going to the southwest or even the northwest or Northern Ireland. And even they even say that you know anywhere or going to some you know Scotland and come come over for a little bit as well. Um, you know it, it's a great spot and you know the logistic standpoint is great. Even with the with the flights, you know, to and from, there's a lot of major airports, like we said in the states, that'll go, you know, right into Dublin. So, um, it, it's a great spot, and uh, thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed our experiences there, and hope everyone has great experiences in Dublin as well. Absolutely. Well, obviously, again, we covered a lot of ground, so we are going to link to all kinds of things in the show notes. If there's anything you want to learn more about, uh, obviously, visit there. But also, as always, if you have any questions, shoot us a DM on social media or uh, send us an email, golf at haversham.com. But otherwise, thank you for tuning in. We will be back again soon with another episode. But until then, we wish you plenty of golf at its finest and life at its best. <laughs>